There's a lot that feels uncertain for us at the moment. The fact is, though, there's a lot that's uncertain always. We live in a state of constant change, but there are things that we know to be true now that have always been true and will always be true. Hello. Thanks for joining us again halfway through the week. I hope it's been a largely good one for you so far. And you look at if not, you're getting through it all the same. And there's always the hope that it will get better. I'm glad you've taken some time out to spend with us. Today, I'm talking to Jerry Hussey. Now, Jerry is a performance psychologist who works with elite athletes in golf, boxing, rugby and more. And you might be thinking, Jeepers, he's going to be really hardcore. There'll be no messing with Jerry. But... To be honest, the thing that comes through most strongly any time I hear Jerry speak is how connected he is to himself, how connected he is to his values and to each moment. His perspective on what always holds true to us as individuals is, in my opinion, a really valuable one to hear just now. So I hope you enjoy it. I work with athletes who want to be Olympic champions and that might be four, eight years away and there's a million things that need to happen. So I would say, what's the one thing you can do today to put yourself in a better position to become Olympic champion? No matter what we want in life and you know, people now are kind of saying, you know, when is this going to be over? Am I going to be healthy at the end? Will I have a job? And sometimes the answer is, I don't know. But I do know that if you manage your health well today, if you turn up and do good work today, that you have a really good way of influencing that. And to me, what we've known to be true is what are the little things that I can do every day now to you know, to impact my health positively? And if there's certain things that I can do to impact my immune system, to help me be more calm, now, if it works now in this, in this period, then wouldn't it work always? And I think that's the biggest realization for me that we don't just sit around and, and leave it to the look of the gods whether we get sick or not. Mm. Actually, the way we live our life, uh, and when you look at the word disease, I often say it's the amount of ease. If you can live with ease in your mind and ease in your body, if you take moments to be present, to be mindful, to eat a little bit slower, the more ease you live in your life, the less chances you are of getting a physical disease. And if you look at the word disease, well, what does it mean? It means lack of ease. We're focused largely on the things we can't do, you know, not being able to, you know, go to people's houses for parties or, you know, chats yeah. and dinner or going out to the cinema or whatever. But there's actually plenty of our core human needs that we can still access at the moment. The biggest human need is to feel loved and, uh, you know, uh, and to love. Uh, and I think, you know, for us, when you look at that, you know, first of all, what's the relationship I have with myself? And where this has become really important is, you know, if you imagine the human being, so we're almost like an onion and we build different layers. So, you know, I have Jerry, the husband, but also I have Jerry, the son, I have Jerry, the boss, I have Jerry, the psychologist. And each of those, I play a slightly different role. So what we have done is sometimes when we don't really develop that inner sense of who I am, we allow these different layers to be almost like a protective mask. So, you know, we see ourselves as the business lady. We see ourselves as, you know, the productive mum. So we've all this external distraction. Now, when all of these external distractions and all these external roles has been taken away, 
what happens almost like the onion has been peeled away. So for some people now that I can't go to the coffee shop, now that I, you know, I can't meet my friends, now that I might lose my job, we all start to ask ourselves the same question. When mm-hmm. all of these things are taken away, what the hell will be left? Well, the only thing that will be left is you. But the question is, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are outside of your job and the roles that you play? And, you know, in some ways, the biggest suffering in the human world at the moment is none of us actually know who we are. We see ourselves through the jobs we do or the money we earn or things that people say about us. We have all these external stuff that we rely on to give us a sense of connection, a sense of hope, a sense of order in the world. And now that all those things have been stripped away, we've been left with our own thoughts and our own mind. And I think the biggest virus for me that has come to light in all of this is the virus that I call the disease of distraction. That we have been so distracted in the last couple of months. Now we've been asked to do something very simple. Sit at home and relax. And we can't do it. I was, you know, 16 years in pre-national school and, and secondary school and seven years in college. And all those times, nobody ever asked me who was I. I never studied me. We're taught from a very young age that everything of importance is outside of us. And then when all of those things are stripped away, we're left with, who the hell am I? For people listening who can see the wisdom of that, but may not have done it before and are now sitting home and thinking, God, yeah, actually, I don't really know who I am. And I can see the value in trying to connect to that and understanding that and holding that as a truth. How can they start that process of tapping into that? If you don't know who you are, write down, who would I like to be? And make it very simple. So for me, I, you know, I've broken mine down into very simple stuff. So my personal code, the vision that has guided me my whole life is very simple. It's committed son devoted husband, loyal friend, and proud Christian. Right. And each day I look at those, when I wake up in the morning, I have a simple routine that I go to. It takes about 15 minutes in the morning before I get out of bed. And I just ask myself, what is the one thing I can do today to show that I'm a committed son, that I'm a devoted husband, that I'm a loyal friend, that I'm a proud Christian? Mm. And each day I try to do one thing. If I put all my effort in trying to be a great psychologist, trying to be loved by people, like... That's uncontrollable. So if I can go to bed at night time and say, you know, today I was a kind person. Today I was compassionate. That's actually what's really important. So I would say, think about the person that you want to be, but not I want to be a superstar making 10 million. There's enough <laughs> crap and there's enough, there's enough lunatics out there telling you to set all these big goals and somehow if you don't achieve those things in, in five years' time, you know, you've failed. And you set a mission statement, not based on what you are, not based on where you want to be, the house, based on who you're going to be. And then every day ask yourself, how can I live that value more in my life? In the way I speak to myself, how can I live that value? And for me, the big turning point in my life where I realized that, you know, what I did wasn't actually important. What, was, what, what made me valuable was the kindness that I had, was the willingness I was to help other people. And I think that becomes the single most important thing. And I think success has nothing to do with getting to somewhere. Success is arriving into the person that you were born to be, where you can look in the mirror and be extremely proud of the person you see looking back. 
And when we get to that stage, we kind of realise there's very little else I need outside of that. If I happen to have a job that pays good money and I do, of course, lovely. But my whole identity, my mental health, my self-esteem is not linked to something outside of me. What, what matters to me is how I see myself. I can imagine that there are people listening thinking, oh God, that sounds, you know, big, that sounds difficult. But I'm wondering, you know, I imagine you've set those targets and you've been committed to those values. But I'm sure you too have had times where you've failed in them or you haven't achieved what you want to do in a day. Like I presume part of what you're talking about is showing yourself compassion in those moments if you don't manage to live up to your commitment each day. Of course. And you know what, what I said at the very start was, you know, the world is a constant state of flow. It's a constant state of change. Nothing is actually staying the same. So you look at a tree, you think the tree isn't doing anything. Well, come back in five years' time and see if it's the same tree. Mm-hmm. Even think of a piece of metal. You can see, you know, a metal frame or a metal girder and it's just standing there. And you might think that's doing nothing. Come back in 20 years' time, it'll have changed colour. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. So your body... We know that our cells in our body are renewing all the time. So if, if, if everything in our body is changing and renewing, then so can our mind. So I have this very simple phrase that I absolutely believe in, and it's every day is a lifetime, and every lifetime is a day. I'm not playing this down. This is heartbreaking for people. Mm. I want to say that. And at the same time, we can't control it. So in life... The only thing we get to control is our response. So even in this crisis, there is an opportunity. What are the parts of yourself and what are the parts of your life that now you're getting the opportunity to let go of? And with a bit of courage and a bit of bravery, what's the new life, what's the new you that could emerge from all of this? And when we begin to see this through those eyes, what is the universe asking me to become now? What's it asking me to do more of in my life? It's important to sort of mention in that that is not the same as saying I need to come out of this better. I need to come out of this fluent in Italian. I need to come out of this having lost two stone. It's not that. That's not what you're saying. No, don't be worrying about all the stuff you're going to take on. I think sometimes it's a bit like Lent. People say, you know, what are you doing for Lent? I say nothing. I'm letting a lot go. And I'm going to come out, out of Lent having let a lot go. And I'm going to come out lighter. So use this time as not necessarily taking on a whole load of new stuff, but maybe use it as a time to let go of stuff. Stuff that no longer serves you. A way of thinking that no longer serves you. A way of speaking about yourself that no longer serves you. And I think if you came out of this period with less, not more, we'd be in a good place. Isn't that a really refreshing perspective? To come out of this with less, not more? to use the time to get to know ourselves and what we value better and that we can choose what we bring with us to the other side of this. I was looking back over my notes earlier before chatting to Jerry, and I noticed I'd written something down and underlined it from when I first spoke to him about doing the podcast. And that was, this is the time to focus on what's inside your heart, not outside your door. I'll leave you to take a few deep breaths and reflect on that. We'll talk again tomorrow. And in the meantime, mind yourself.
You can keep up to date with this podcast and find new episodes each day on rte.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.